You are listening to your new puppies podcast, starting you and your dog off on the right paw. Here's your host, Debbie Salento. Hello and welcome. I'm Debbie and you are listening to episode 17 of your new puppies podcast. So today we're going to talk about some dog food myths that are out there. You know, one of the most important things that we can do for our dog is to give them some really great nutrition. It's also one of the things that we tend to overlook when we bring our new dog home because we have so many other things that we're worrying about. We have potty training and socialization and obedience training that that we run to the food store, we pick up that puppy formula, we come home, and that's that. But just like us, our dog's nutrition can make a big difference in not only their health, but their behavior as well. So for today, I'm just going to talk about, we're going to talk about five different myths, you know, where they came from and what the truth is behind them, just to make you aware that this information's out there. Of course, especially when it comes to your pet's nutrition, I encourage you to do your own research and what is best for you and your dog. I also have something that will hopefully help you a little bit that I'm going to talk about towards the end. This is only going to pertain if you feed your dog kibble or canned food. If you're feeding your dog, you know, do it yourself, like fresh foods, cooking for your dog, or even raw, then these aren't going to apply to you. But if you're going that far, making that effort to cook for your dog, then you probably already know the the truth and the myths that I'm going to talk about today. Okay, so let's jump right into myth number one. You're going to find a food your dog likes and then stick with it. This actually isn't a great idea, and here's why. Of course, dog food companies want us to pick their dog food, and then feed that to their dog for the rest of their life. They have a a client for the next 15 years, probably and then some, because once you get a new dog, you're probably going to buy the same foods if you never had a problem. So a big argument for sticking with your same food that I hear is dogs don't care about changing tastes and changing textures like we do, which is true. But just like us, they are going to benefit from getting different nutrients from different sources. So when I talk about changing up your dog's food, I don't just mean within the same brand, you know, get a chicken variety this week and a beef variety this week. I'm talking about changing brands because within the same brand, besides, you know, that main ingredient, that main protein, the rest of their formula tends to stay the same. So all those nutrients tends to stay the same. So save like the first five or six ingredients, the rest are going to be essentially the same type of formula. So all those little micronutrients that that you're getting, the calcium, the zinc, that's going to be the same. And we want to switch that up a little bit. Not only get it from different sources, but no matter how high of a quality of food that you're getting, there's always going to be strengths and weaknesses to it. And if we are continually giving our dog variety and switching up the brands, then those weaknesses aren't going to be as significant as if we're feeding that, if this is the only food our dog is eating all the time. Now, a big resistance to this is if you have a dog with a sensitive stomach or allergies. So again, like this is just to let you know that this information is out there. 
you know, when it comes down to it, you know, you have to just make the decision that's best for you and your dog. So if you're worried about switching his food around, you know, a lot of dogs, it doesn't matter. They have strong digestive systems and switching up their foods isn't going to make a big difference. But if your dog is a little more sensitive, you know, you can just switch it slowly. I like to call it the quarter rule. So you start with 25% new food, 75% old food for a couple days, and then 50-50 for a couple days, and then 75% new food, 25% old food for a couple days. So it takes about a week and you switch it over. Now, just be aware that puppies especially can have sensitive stomachs. And if you're having a whole lot of trouble and you just don't want to switch the food, or if you had a puppy who had a sensitive stomach, sometimes they can grow out of that. So like once they're full grown, once their system's kind of set, you might not have that same trouble. So what I like to do is I do a combination of commercial food and fresh food for my dogs. When I do the commercial food, I I switch it up every bag. I have, you know, a few brands that I'm always researching new brands and I switch it up every bag. So maybe my dogs get a new food every month or so. It doesn't have to be that often, but I do encourage you to switch things up. Okay, so moving right along to myth number two. Dog food has a long shelf life. This one's a sort of not really... Let me explain. The date that you see on the bag or the can is usually a year out. So that makes us think that this food lasts forever. I mean, it is a highly processed food and that food does tend to last a long time. But that date on your bag is for an unopened bag or can. Once that bag's opened, you need to use it relatively quickly. Okay, so I have a stat for you. According to Steve Brown author of Unlocking the Canine Ancestral Diet, the average bag of pet food is open for 39 days before it is completely used. Now, I know I used to be in this category before I learned this. Just about every expert that I have read or researched or seen says that your bag should be used within 14 days once it's open. That's a big difference. So why is this? Why do we need to use it so quickly? So once the bag is opened, the air and the moisture get in there. So besides, you know, bugs being able to get in now, maybe mold can get in depending on, you know, how moist the air is. A big thing that happens is the fats in the food start to break down. So without getting too technical, when air hits fats, they start to oxidize. And then the fats start to turn rancid. And rancid fats, eating rancid fats for us and our dogs is not good for us. It has been linked to numerous diseases from, you know, liver problems to heart disease to even cancer. So we want to minimize this. We don't want our dog eating rancid fat. So besides using the bag quickly within two weeks, so we don't want to buy that 20-pound bag of food for our five-pound dog. It's cheaper, I know, it seems economical, but once you get to the bottom of that bag, that food is most likely going bad. The other thing we can do is proper storage. The bags that the food come in are the best way to store the food. I know a lot of us use those airtight containers and dump the food in, but realize that the companies spend a lot of money designing those bags to keep their food fresh. That's why you never see clear dog food bags, why most of the bags are like a pretty thick material. 
and always have like that lining inside. A lot of times it's like a silver lining. It keeps the food fresh. So what I like to do is I have one of those airtight containers, but I keep the food in the bag and I drop bag and all into the container. So one, it's nicer to look at, and now you're double protected. Okay, so just be aware that that food that's been sitting on your counter for a month might not necessarily be the best food to be feeding your dog. It is possible to smell the rancid fats. Usually it smells like paint, but your dog's also gonna realize it before you do. They're gonna smell it before you do. So especially if your dog stops eating the food, toss it, get a new bag. Maybe it's a smaller bag. Maybe you store it a little differently. Okay, so let's keep going to myth number three. Grain-free means lower carbohydrate amount, so a higher protein amount. And that is not even close. So grain-free, it's grain-free foods have been out for a while now. And they're kind of looked on as like a premium type of food. It really is a great option. It is a good option because a lot of the grains are cheap and a low quality ingredient. And just like us, dogs can have allergies to grains. There are, there's just as much gluten allergy in a dog as there is in our, in us, our humans. And I know my dog has sensitive skin. So if I feed her foods with grains in it, she starts to get a little itchy. She starts to get some dandruff. So grain free food is really is a great option for most dogs. But the misconception here is because it's grain free, there's higher protein. There's more protein. And that's not true. All it is is that instead of using grains, they're using a different type of carbohydrate. So instead of corn, they're using potatoes. Instead of rice, they're using peas. So I've actually seen grain-free foods have a higher, excuse me, a higher carbohydrate count. So it's just something to be aware of. Now, of course, I'd rather my dogs be eating sweet potatoes and peas than corn and rice, but just be aware, it doesn't always mean that there's more protein in it because a lot of companies like to jump on bandwagons because they can charge more for a grain-free food. You know, whether it's rice or potatoes, both of those are still cheaper than chicken. So they're going to say, hey, we're grain-free, maybe use more carbohydrates so it's cheaper for them to use the food and charge more. I've seen it happen. Actually brings us right to myth number four. If it's a higher price, it must be a higher quality. And I think we know just being consumers, whether it's food or clothes or anything else, that this is not necessarily true. Marketers, companies know that just putting a higher price on something gives us a higher perceived value, whether the quality is there or not. So here's something to keep in mind. A higher quality food will always cost more. Because if they're going to start with high quality ingredients, if they're going to take the care and make sure that this is the best food your dog can eat, you know, as a commercial food, as a processed food, then it's going to cost more money. That's, that's just the way it works. But just because they're charging more for the food doesn't mean it's high quality. So a higher quality food will always cost more, but a low quality food will not always cost less. There might be a lot of marketing behind it. I always become wary of dog food brands that advertise a lot and then don't charge very much. Like there has to be some kind of give and take. Honestly, the brands that I seem to go with 
aren't really advertised that much because they spend so much money making sure that this is a high quality food that they don't really spend all that money on advertising. So it's just something to be aware of to be that that smart, educated consumer. Okay, last but not least, this is one we probably all have heard. Make sure the first ingredient is meat, which is true. That is true. But, and it used to work, but companies have caught on to this. And what they do is just like our food, they are required to list the ingredients in size order. So in weight order. So for example, even if there's more corn in it than meat, they can manipulate those ingredients to have the meat come first. So what do I mean by that? They can split the corn into different ingredients. So maybe it's cornmeal and whole grain corn. And if they split those two up and list them separately in the ingredient list, maybe that's ingredient two or three, or maybe three and four, and then chicken gets bumped to the top. But if you combine those two ingredients, because they're both corn, then all of a sudden it's the first ingredient. Unfortunately, this has been happening a lot, and it's something to be aware of. So my advice is to look, look at least the first five ingredients. You should have a couple meat sources in there and you should have a couple different and high quality carbohydrate ingredients in there. Okay. I just threw a lot of information at you and you're probably like, Debbie, you just made something that was simple. I knew what I was doing and just completely confused me and made it hard. And I apologize, I do. I have something that might help you out. So I'm in the process of creating a little five-day video series that's gonna teach you how to read a dog food label, whether it's a bag or a can. And it even will apply to cat food as well. And I know it sounds ridiculous that it has to be like a five-day course, but... But unfortunately, with the way marketing is, because there's so many dog food companies out there competing with each other to really become that smart, educated consumer, that's what we're going to need. So I don't have it ready yet. At, at the time of this recording, I don't have it ready yet. I do have it ready soon. So what I have for you is a little preview. It's going to be a little video with just a snippet of the information that you're going to get. It's something to get you started. And then if you request the link to get to that video. It's just a 15 minute video. I'll put you on a waiting list so you'll get notified as soon as my video series is ready. It's gonna be free for everybody, but I'll be I'll tell you as soon as it's ready. And then it's just it's just five days worth of of videos, you know. I'm trying to keep them under 10 minutes each. Just to arm you with some information to help you make the best decisions you can for your dog. So if you want that little preview video you're going to just go to the show notes. It's playtimepause.com forward slash episode 17. So that's playtimepause.com forward slash episode 17. And if you're listening to this in the future, if you're not listening to this in real time, and I do have the video series done, I will put a link right in the show notes as well. Okay, so let's just quickly recap and then I will send you on your way. So we talked about five myths. The first one was to, the myth is find a food your dog likes and stick with it. The truth behind that is that you really should be switching up your dog's food so they're getting nutrients from different sources, not just within brand, but try to switch up the brands as well. Myth number two, your dog food has a long shelf life. And now we know that that 
date on there, even though it's a long time in the future, is only an unopened bag. Once the bag is open, we want to use it within 14 days and store it properly. Myth number three, grain-free means low carbohydrates, which is not true. It can have the same or more carbohydrates. It's just the type of carbs that are changed within the food. Myth number four, if it's a higher price, it must be a higher quality food. But now we know that a higher quality food will always cost more, but a lower quality food will not always cost less. And myth number five, the first ingredient should be meat, which is true, but now we know we have to take a look at at least the first five ingredients if we want to do a quick check. And make sure there's a couple meat sources in there and the, and the carbohydrate sources are of high quality. Okay, that's all I have for you. Again, if you want to get that video preview and then get on the waiting list for the dog food label course, you're going to go to playtimepause.com forward slash episode 17. Otherwise, I will see you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to your new puppies podcast. Learn more about us at playtimepaws.com.